Heavenly Father, today we're like beggars in need of you. Lord, we pray that you would show up so powerfully to work in our hearts unpriceable gifts, the gifts of peace, gifts of joy, the gift of hope. But Lord, as we hear your word, we also want to be the people that please you, that as you so loved us, you died for us. So let us do whatever it means, whatever it takes to serve you in return, not because we're saved by doing it, because we're so thankful for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear friends, when you're a little boy, it will take boldness to speak to girls. And if you've ever been dating, you know what this is like. And, and girls, I, I am assuming it's probably the same case. It takes boldness to talk to guys. I'm not sure. Uh, girls are always a little bit more vocal. Um, I was reminded of how little boys get scared when I, I saw this video clip that I wanted to share with you. Um, so, so consider the boldness that it took for this little boy. Um, keep your mind to this uh, video. Hey, I told you guys to get to bed. Oh, sorry. So when you're going on your date? What? Remember, Miss Jillian said she was arranging a date for you. Yeah, well, she is a nut job and I'm not going on any date. Why not? Are you scared? <laughs> hey, did you guys see the moon landing on TV? Yeah, I can't believe it. It's so cool. Yeah, and you know Excuse what? Excuse me, I was talking to Lisa. Hey, Lisa, I was wondering if you... Ew! Gru touch Lisa! Gru touch Lisa! Ew! Lisa's got crudies! Scared? Of what? Women? No! That's bonkers! I just... I have no interest in going on a date, that's all. Case closed. I'm not scared of women or dates. Say what you want about the result, but taking that little flower and giving it to the girl and touching it, it took boldness, it took boldness. And it reminds me of dating, and, and, and I used to have landline phones, and you would dial the number, you get about six digits in, and then, and then you stop. You dial seven the next time, and, and sometimes you'd even let it ring, and this was before caller ID, before they knew that you actually called, right? And you just, boom, right there. I don't know how you do it today, you probably take out your phones, right? And you got your text message that you're going to send, and you're like, you know, it, it, it takes boldness to make this communication go on when you're dating. Well, I think there's other realms that take boldness. Um, I think, uh, and this is catchy, that kindness takes boldness. You want to be kind to someone, that will take boldness. For example, you might see someone with a great outfit or a new haircut or shoes that you really like. And, and to actually say something to them, again, will take courage. Because what if you get it wrong? You know, I like your new shoes. Oh, you've had those shoes for three years. Well, they're classic, but, but you took boldness to get there. Um, it takes boldness to help people, you know, to go out of your way, maybe to encourage them and give them a hug or, or to help them uh, one way or the other. Boldness will be required. Now, as we're considering what it's like to follow Jesus, and if you're not a Christ follower, we're so glad you're here with us today. Um, you're going to see what it's like to follow him today, and you're, you're okay, it's okay to have questions and all kind of concerns. We're just so glad you're here worshiping with us. And, um, but, but if you are a Christian, do you think it will take boldness to follow him? With a head nod, just, just... I think so. 
And that's what we want to talk about. Uh, we're in this series called Roots, and let's take a look at the goal of this series. Um, the goal is to see what the church is and what the church does in order to stay on point. And we figured out, looking at the book of Acts, that the church is believers gathered around a message, no matter where that is. And we figured out what the church does is they share that word of Jesus in this place and with others. And so what we're talking about is the boldness that will be required to share a message of Jesus to someone else. This worked in my own life this past week. Can I tell you a story? I'm going to go on even if I can't. That's how it works. Uh, I was traveling to a conference in, uh, in Minneapolis, so I was flying out of the airport. And airports are fun for me because they always give you a chance to talk to strangers. Well, I, I'm in the security line, and uh, it's happening already. A guy turns next to me, and he sees um, that there's uh, people handling his luggage, and, or luggage in general, and he points out and he says, I lost a video camera that way. And so not, not really positive, but he says, I think they stole my video camera once. Well, that's how the conversation started, but then we got into, well, where are you going and for what? Now, it seems like a simple question, mind you. Where are you going and for what? But I know that in that question affords me an opportunity to either be bold or not to be bold. Consider option A. Option A, I can tell him I'm going to a conference in the Twin Cities area. Simple enough and true. Or... I can tell him I'm a pastor going to a pastor's conference. Now, you might think that is little, but uh, it's actually quite big. I picked this time good. I'm going to a pastor's conference and, 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 and there to meet with a whole bunch of other pastors. Well, there the ball got rolling. And I learned I wasn't the only pastor in the midst. He was a pastor. And he was working in Nigeria out of all places. Now there, the story goes a little bit more heart-wrenching. He was telling me all the things that are happening in Nigeria. Does anyone watch the news and see what's happening? He was telling me about the girls who were sold as slaves. He was telling me that the political leaders there care more about votes than about doing what's right and protecting the Christians and what is going on. And because I was willing enough to say that I was a pastor going to a pastor's conference, I could share with him God's promises. I could share with him the hope that we just considered last week that whatever we bear for Christ's name, he not only knows, but he'll be with us, he'll get us through, and he can reward us later. I was able to pray for him and pray that God would give him strength. All on account of the fact that I said I was a pastor going to a pastor's conference. What was God doing inside of me? I'm going to tell you later what was God doing inside of me as you listen to this message. I'll give you that, that, that kind of hint to how he worked so in me, and that's what we're going to consider, how we can be bold to speak the name of Jesus. So let's get into it. Our lesson today is from Acts, and, and I need to set it up a little bit. Um, in this lesson right before, the Apostle Peter had just healed someone. There is a crippled person, and he made him walk again. Incredible. Well, he's brought in front of the religious leaders of the day, and they want to know, how did you heal them? They didn't know they were setting him up. And so he got to answer and say, it is on account of Jesus Christ, whom you killed, but that God raised from the dead, that I was able to do this. They didn't like that answer. And so they threatened him. They said, I want you to stop talking about Jesus. Stop mentioning his resurrection. Stop talking about his crucifixion. And they threatened him with their lives. And they let him go. And that's where we pick up the story. It's their reaction to the threats. The reaction to what might happen if they keep speaking of Jesus. 
Let's get into it. Acts chapter 4, top of page 6. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great, can you fill in the blank, with great, stretch out your hand to heal and perform miracles and signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Dear friends, as we consider God's word, this boldness, may the word so take root in our hearts so that it bears fruit in our lives today. You know, one of the shows I like watching with my uh, daughters is uh, this show, um, America's Funniest Home Videos. Has anyone seen this? Interesting show because I think it should be called America's Most Painful Home Videos, right? <laughs> and because of that, they have a segment called Head, Gut, or Groin. And they'll have contestants come up and they show them just a, a brief little thing and the contestants answer whether they're going to be hit in the head, the gut, or the groin. Well, that is basically playing out worst case scenarios. You know, they're imagining how painful it might happen, you know, whether the baseball bat will hit wherever um, as they watch what's going to play out. Well, I think some of the same, same things happen in our Christian lives. The reason sometimes we are not so bold is because we're playing a similar game where we wonder the worst of what might happen. And I think it's a little bit different. We wonder, they might laugh, we might lose, or we could be mutilated. I remember the laugh. My brother who went to high school and they started making Christian paraphernalia. And, um, and so he had this shirt called God's Gym. And it was about getting into the Word. And all of his friends made fun of him for wearing God's gym that day. He was laughed at. I consider lose. And I was talking to someone in the conference I went to about working on the reservation. And for some families there, to follow Jesus on the reservation means basically losing ties with their family, whether the matriarch or the patriarch. I consider mutilation. Now this one is hard for me to relate to. Um, whenever I speak Jesus, you know, uh, or invite someone to church, no one yet has, like, punched me in the face, you know. Can't believe you would invite me to your church. But it can happen. It can happen. Now, if I quiz you today, what were the disciples of Jesus facing as they were going to keep speaking the name of those? Can you guess? It was mutilation. In fact, if you were with us last week, and if not, you can catch up with us online. If you were with us, you saw how they were flogged. They were beaten within an inch of their life for proclaiming the name of Jesus. And these threats today were about losing their lives. It's craziness. And I look at all that we might go through, and I wonder, how many times have we let the fear of man 
outweigh the fear of the Lord? How many times, afraid of what might happen, have we stopped serving the Lord? Dear friends, I know it's happened to me. And maybe you can relate. You see an opportunity, but you're not sure. They might make fun of me. And I'm struck by what Jesus said. Are you ready for some heavy words? This is pretty heavy. He says, If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, says the Son of God will be ashamed of them when he come in his Father's glory with the holy angels. That's pretty heavy. And what I find is that God's desire is not for us to live in cowardice. Not be ashamed. Not to let the fear of what others might say outweigh the fear of the Lord, but to continue on. This is the sin that we want to turn from today. But how in the world do we do that? I think there's an answer in God's word. Let's get into it. Look again with me at verse 24. It says, when they heard this, the threats that were real, and what could happen? They raised their voices together in prayer to God, and they said, Sovereign Lord. The word in the Greek here is despot, despotus. Maybe you've heard of despot, which means master or leader, Lord over all. They said, Sovereign Lord, you made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them. They filled their minds with God's glory and his majesty. Whether it be the heavens and all that's contained in them or the seas and all that's contained in them. They were thinking from the beluga whale to the jellyfish, from the sun that would rise and the sun that would go down. God, you did all that. And what I find is that they were marveling in his majesty. How do you help? How do you let the fear of the Lord outweigh the fear of man? I say it only happens when you marvel in the majesty of the Lord. When you know the God who walks with you is the same God who is able to walk on water. When you know that the voice that comforts you is the same voice that stilled the troubled seas. When you know the same God who's on your side is the God who called out the sun to stop still in the where it was. The God who spoke to a dead man named Lazarus and had come to life. The God who himself raised out of his own tomb back to life. This is the God we've come to celebrate. His name is Jesus. And as an act of love, he gave his life for us on the cross. But then he came back because he had power over death. And we're here today, basking in the glow of his forgiveness and love. We're marveling in his majesty. And here's what happens if we let that marvel consume our thoughts. You want to go back to those worst case scenarios? I want to make you untouchable. Not like the mobster way. I think mobsters are wrong probably. There's some sin there. But I want to make you untouchable in a different way. I want to make you untouchable Christians, dear friends. Let's go back to those worst case scenarios and figure them with the majesty of God. Let's say if someone laughs at us, I tell you he will lift you up and he can make your righteousness shine like the noonday sun. If they desert you, he will be with you. What happens if you lose something? I tell you there is nothing you lose here that he cannot repay either in this life or later. They even lost for the sake of Christ is gain. And what if they mutilate us? I tell you, the God who knit you inside your mother's womb, can he not knit you back together? They can take your life and they still haven't done anything to a Christ follower. That's what Stephen said. And so we get a marvel 
and the majesty of the Lord. The one who loved us so much that he gave his life and now empowers us by what he can still do. I look at what Stephen did. And the only explanation for being able to give your life is knowing that if he, would mut- if he was mutilated, he'd be raised up. And I draw your attention back to the first lesson. As he was being bold in, in the face of all those threats and persecution, look what it says happened in verse 15. So this is top of page 5. I invite you to turn back. It said, All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. That's crazy. And I believe what we have opportunity as we speak boldly is to do this. To give an angelic glow. That's the opportunity if we speak boldly. To talk about this, I want to consider some of the fashion trends that catch our attention. I'm a 90s boy and that's going to be apparent through this sermon. And so some of the fashion trends that have come and gone, I'll just share a few of them. These are the things that really caught attention. You had Zuba's pants. And these will catch your attention even if they're not in trend because they're so loud. But especially then. For me, growing up, it was the starter jackets. This was coolness back in the day. This was awesomeness. This pullover starter jacket. If you had one, ever like, oh, you got the starter jacket, huh? What about this? Slap-on wristbands? Awesome. I remember having a Ninja Turtles one and just, it was like magic. Watch this. I like, almost felt like a ninja myself. Finally, hyper-color t-shirts. Where it comes, you see the handprint, it feels the warmness in your body, which actually wasn't so good if you were like, you know, sweating at your pits or whatever. But anyway, um, it, was, it was really cool and everyone knew if you had hyper-colored t-shirts, they, they'd say, wow, you're cool. Now, we still live in that day and age. We have trendy things. And so today I was trying to think, you know, maybe it's Ray-Bans. You know, maybe it's Beats headphones. Um, is it still skinny jeans? Okay. Although I'm looking for that trend to stop. That'd be okay. I'm not a big skinny jean guy. But you look at all those things, and if you want attention, you just do that, right? Beats headphones. I'm the cool guy in the gym. Got my beats on. Got my skinny jeans on. Got my Ray-Bans on. I'm, I'm cool. I'm out of attention, right? You want a better type of attention, my friends? Trendsetters? Speak for Jesus. That is the type of attention that we have the opportunity to give to the world. And sometimes I believe we can actually see the face of Jesus in the face of others. Sometimes as we go forward, we can actually feel the love of Jesus through the love of others. And I tell you, better than setting any trend is when people can see that in your life. That's your opportunity. Don't ever forget it. When you're bold enough to speak of Jesus, they might just see Jesus in you. And that's incredible. But how else do you do this? I think it has to do with our prayer life. The culmination of this whole scripture, I think, is found in verse 29. Look again at verse 29. So it says, Now, Lord, consider their threats which were real and enable your servants to speak with great boldness. For me, I was struck by what they didn't pray. I was amazed that they didn't pray, Lord, could you just zap them? Like, you got almighty power, right? Take them out. Lord, send someone else. I'm pretty sure we're done. You wouldn't want this for us. Lord, 
If you could just, you know, get an escape hatch, that'd be great. But that's not what they prayed. They prayed for boldness. Reminds me of another 90s item. It's all 90s day to day. I remember playing Mario Brothers. Anyone play Mario Brothers? Original Nintendo. And if you played the game of Mario Brothers, you know you had two options to win the game and to save the princess. One of the options you could have is a warp zone. And warp zone, you could skip all through the levels until finally you were with the princess. If you go on four, you don't have to do three or two. You just go directly to four, right? But the other option, instead of warping, is to power up. You got the mushroom who made you bigger. And right there, you're looking at some flower power, and that's serious business. You can throw uh, flaming little balls at people, and it's incredible. And I think the Word of God is speaking to us today. And you know what option that we're going to choose today? Are we going to choose the warp zone or the power up? We're powering up, baby. We're powering up. Because I believe ours is not the escape hatch. We're here on a purpose so that if God is calling us to that, then we just power up through that. We get flower power, baby, and we trust that the Lord can be on our side. The God of angel armies can walk us through any situation, even if we've played out our worst-case scenario. That's the God that we follow. The God who's at work in you and me. The God who can inspire us to be bold for His sake. Because never forget the message that is ours to share. One last story. I was at this pastor's conference and um, there was a pastor who nonchalantly was talking about his week. And he was talking about the certain tasks that he was doing. And incredibly nonchalantly, he said, yeah, and, and during part of my week I had to go back to church to open up um, because uh, people from The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon were using our church to tape segments. Now with this, everyone was like, so get this straight, Jimmy Fallon in The Tonight Show is, is at your church and you don't lead with that? <laughs> you, you don't let us in? You, you're not going to tell us that you're like BFF with Jimmy Fallon? What's going on? That's craziness. But he's like, no, no, just nonchalantly. It's just part of life. I know Jimmy Fallon. Sometimes I think Christians can get that way. We who've grown up with Jesus, maybe you've been Jesus, with Jesus from birth, with Jesus all your life, and we forget at times the power of the message that there is a God who so loved us, gave his life so that we could be forgiven and at peace. And there is a God so powerful that he will raise us to eternal life, which is our final destination. It might be nonchalant at times for us, but when you proclaim this message, dear friends, I tell you, it is not a small thing for those who haven't heard, for those who still need to know. And so as we close, you know what we need to do? Consider our prayer life. If you're a Christ follower, I tell you, we need prayer lives. If you don't have one today, plan it. I think we live in a sinful world where so much will get in the way that if you don't plan your prayer life, it won't happen. For me, it happens early in the morning. Right when I get to the office, I have my prayer list. And I have a whole bunch of prayers, a whole bunch of different people. But I have regularly started praying this prayer. Do you want to see the prayer that I'm praying every day now? It is, Lord, open my eyes to, to the opportunities to speak boldly about you to others. 
If you're wondering one thing that you could walk away doing today, can I give you this prayer? Would you do this? Would you pray on a regular basis, Lord, would you open my eyes to opportunities to speak about you boldly about you to others? And I think he's going to answer the prayer. Because have you ever noticed that your mind grabs attention to what your, where your mind is? That wasn't very clear, but what I mean is that uh, sometimes if you're a car owner and you just bought a car, you notice all the other cars on the street. They just pop out. Lately, I had a rust stain on my Dodge minivan. And I wanted to see if I was the only one with a rust stain. So I drive by other caravans and I'm like, yep, I'm there, buddy. It's amazing when I just know what's going on in my own life, how I can pick up and tune in to what's going on in the world. This is about tuning in to the heart of God, this prayer. And it's amazing what can happen when we turn our minds and our prayers to the opportunities. Do you know why, going back to the pastor from Nigeria, I was able to share those promises? Because early that morning, I had prayed that prayer. I've been working with this prayer for two weeks as I've studied this lesson. Been able to invite people to this church. Been able to pray for people and give hope to those who are doubting or needed some comfort because that's where my mind was and God had answered the prayer. Dear friends, may we pray for boldness. Why don't we end by doing just that? Would you pray with me? We pray. Lord, give us many, many opportunities to speak your name with boldness. It might boldly be saying, saying, I'm a Christian. It might be boldly inviting someone to church. It might be sharing a favorite passage or how you are working in our lives, but strengthen us to give you glory. This for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who loved us, gave his life for us, and rose again. Amen. You may remain.